Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about when a player goes their own way or Saul's new title, The Wayward Player, which he didn't tell me until <laughs> I, right now. I just wrote it down. It doesn't mean it's a title. So what does that mean, Jolene? The player that goes their own way. Don't we all forge our own way in life? No. We're talking about role-playing games, right? So I think we're talking about when a player, a single player in a group decides to do something, goes on a side quest or does something on their own that the own, their own individual player does by themselves. Or tries to in the middle of a game. Right. I think that it comes from, we've heard about people who, you know, you're sitting at a gaming table. Everybody, the party goes into town and one person says, oh, I want to go and do this. And, or they meet somebody interesting and they go, I want to go and do this. And the GM's going, well, you're going to, are you going to tell your other players? Or are you going to, you know, oh no, I'm just going to go by myself. So what do you do? <laughs> well, it, it depends how long this little, you know, because like if you, like the idea that we've done it before when your players have done it before when they go to town, they all go their separate ways, right? Because not everybody goes together. Not everybody wants to do the same thing. So that happens all the time. But I think you're talking about when a player wants to do something like go off on its own little quest or that's gonna something that's going to take an extended period of time during play, like during regular playtime. So like everybody goes to town, everybody does their, buys their gear, and then they're ready within like 10 or 15 minutes, right? They go, well, how much is this going to cost, GM? Oh, that'll cost you 10,000 gold, whatever it is. And then everybody does that, right? Everybody does whatever they're going to do or just tell you what they're going to do. Oh, I'm going to be practicing my my knife throwing skills or whatever, whatever it is. But one player decides to do something that's going to take more time because everybody kind of does their own does their own thing in, in town kind of scenario. So what do you do when this player is wants to go on, let's say, a, an entire quest and then you have a problem. You have five players or four players or the rest of the group that's just sitting there and this one player is taking up all your time doing whatever they're going to do. I asked you the question. Oh. So, well, well, the first thing is, is that usually this happens. I want to know why it's happening, right? Why does the player want to do something by themselves if they're playing in a group? It seems kind of, uh, what is it, like greedy. I'm not sure what word you're looking for, but it does go back to group dynamics and your game, the whole game. And right. why are they why are they wanting to go chase a stone of something while everybody else and not tell anybody? Yeah. They're tired of their group. They don't want to play with you anymore. They Well, I was thinking about that when you when you asked this question and I was thinking there's you know, like I'm asking myself what could be happening in this situation where when a single player doesn't want to play with the rest of the group, right? It sounds like a bad GM problem. Well, I don't know about bad GM. But I I came up with some things, right? Is a player bored maybe? Is a player bored with the game? And, you know, that that could happen too. Like the adventure that the, everybody else is interested in doesn't appeal to that player. And like, oh, you know, maybe they feel it's the same thing they've done over and over again. But what the group is totally happy doing it. But the one player is like, nah, I'm getting tired of that. So that's something you can discuss with the player. The player uh, doesn't like the game. There's always that, right? If, you know, if you're, if we're playing, 
like let's say our group, well, multiple numbers of our groups, we're rotating games and we're rotating GMs, and there might come a time when somebody's playing, running a game that that you don't find very exciting, right? Because I remember well, Sip, for example, didn't want to play in Phil's game because he remembered Traveler and he didn't like it. He thought it was a boring game compared to my excellent space opera game that I ran for years and years. Compared to like Mark's Mark's game and of a traveler, and so there's so that's. But he took himself out of the equation, which is good, right? Instead of being a board player, going, oh, okay, whatever. So it all it basically comes down to group dynamics, how you're running your game, whether your players are happy, whether everybody's having fun. Yes. But so the reason that we came up with this topic was we were looking at different. We you know, we watch. YouTube videos all the time, um, the podcasts, uh, all kinds of different <laughs> podcasts all about gaming, and we watch all kinds of stuff about gaming. And someone was saying that, well, if somebody did that, I would make them roll a new character <laughs> to be part of the group if they want to go off on their side quest. And I would tell them that, you know, that's fine, but I'm not running two adventures here at the table. I'm only running one. Right. And we just said, we kind of discussed this when we pl- when we talked about splitting the party. And how we decide, we talked about how that wouldn't be so bad. But in this case, there's just one player that wants to do their own thing. And it's not even related to the other. When we talked about splitting the party, all the players, the, the group had basically split in two or whatever you want to call it. And But they were working on the same quest. They were working on the same adventure. There was and a reason for them to split There was up. a reason or they decided to split the thing and attack it from two fronts or whatever the situation was, right? One was the investigative team and one was the, the breaking and entering team, right? Someone didn't see a shiny stone and decided to go down that road, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So that's a different that's a different type of splitting the party or whatever you want to call it. This In this case, the person is just going off by themselves and doing their own thing, you know, regardless of what the, of the rest of the group decides. So another thing I, I came up with is maybe the play, player feels that their fellow players are not listening to him. So I think what, like I was saying, I think it really comes to the group dynamics and what people are expecting from the game, right? Right. So, and I mean, we have players who do interesting things. Like in Phil's game, Jim was obsessed, and I'm not I'm not using the term in a bad way. He really was into his car thing. Oh, yeah. His, his hover car. Hover car. And it was a 1967 something. It was a classic Buick, he said. Buick. Oh, oh it was a Buick. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking Chevelle or something, but it wasn't, no. Anyway, so, but he spent a lot of time, you know, saying. Talking about it. When, when, when we were in, well, we were, when we were trying to figure out what we're doing and where we're going and stuff, he put his time and effort into fixing his car. And it was. And Augustine thought it was really cool because he was using, he was trying to, you know, deal with the GM to get him to give him stuff and, and tell him what, what he wanted and stuff like that. Yeah. He wanted to add all kinds of things to this hover car. So that was, so, so that's, that's one way a person is doing something different than the other players, but not in a, not in a way that is, um, you know. I want to talk for 30 minutes with you and have everybody else sit there because I want to go and find this gym over here or something like that. Well, right? just think about it. If he wanted to, let's say he, the, the GM offhand just says, oh, yeah, you need, uh, I think he wanted to put a turret on his car or something like that. And so he goes, well, yeah, you can do that, but you need a, a certain part. 
and they don't make it anymore and you got to go find it like you know kind of like in a junkyard kind of thing so then he goes okay well that's going to be what i'm going to be doing and then and then the problem is this could be a problem like if the rest of the group goes oh yeah yeah you know what the rest of you going well we're just going to like you know wait for jim to come back so then you know or jim's character let's call him artemis whatever his name was and he, RMS takes off and he's, and he's going through the junkyard and, and literally it's taking like a half an hour, like you said, or even more looking for the pri- perfect part, right? You know, he's talking to the junkyard dealer, uh, and in the junkyard dealer, you know, kind of like, uh, what is it? Kind of like in, uh, the Phantom Menace, right? You know, that junkyard dealer is, you know, talking, oh yeah, that's going to call. And then he finds the part finally, he just takes it off the old whatever beat up car it was on and then brings it back and says and then this is you know this is ongoing conversation and time being dealt with the gm about artemis finding this one part for his hover car and there, but the problem is is that let's say you have a group of six players you have five players there like bored out of their mind because they don't give a crap about artemis's hover car turret expansion add-on work just to clarify, this is not what happened in no, our No, it's not what happened. But no, we we're talking about if a player was was to do something like that. Correct. Then, so then I guess it depends on if it has anything to do with the plot to the story and if the other player's eyes are glazed over or they have all taken out their cell phones and are doing yes. something else, right? Yes, there is that. Because, right. I mean, I, I no, our, our Jim did not do that. He just was going on about his, his car. And then, he, you know, and then Phil went on to everybody else and see what they were doing. It was there was a lull in the action, a lull in the action at that time. At that time, so there was, you know, everybody was just kind of like kicking, like the idea that we all got to town and we're all kicking back, you know, waiting for, you know, we were supposed to leave the planet in like three days. So what are you guys doing for three days? And then that's the kind of thing that happened. Right. So Phil was just asking for what people wanted to do, and he got it. So now some people weren't doing anything or didn't care. They go, ah, I'm, I'm, I'll just stay on the ship until we leave. Okay, next. But Jim wanted to do something, right? Didn't want to fill that time with with working on his hovercraft, so that when he got to use it, it would be cool, and had a and had a turret on it, right. which was very important, or a mount on it, or something like that. Jim was looking for something that he could use in game later, right? So that's why that's why he was doing versus that. someone just bored at the table wanting to go off on their own, right? And then and then it would be worse if if like he goes well. Uh, you don't have they don't have one here, but there's one on this other planet, and so you'll be gone for seven days. And he role plays those seven days of travel of of me, you know. And so th- it gets even worse. So instead of a half hour, let's say it's an hour. It's a full quest, right? It's a full night adventure. You know, people who are playing online now, you know, they're playing for an extremely short period of time. You know, compare well, okay, compared to when people played face to face, at least. In my old days, when we used to play face to face, we used to play for like six to eight hours to make it, you know, because uh, we wouldn't do it all the time or we just wanted to get as much gaming in as possible. Playing online now due to a lot of people, I think the max you, sh- you should probably play is like five hours because then people get bored. It's different from being in a room where you can stand up and walk around right. when you're in f- and still be there in the game. Right. And when, when you're right, you have to be right in front of the computer screen to hear what's going on and right. or in in the zoom meeting and on roll 20 yes to try to figure out what's going on right right so i think i think games have gotten shorter online because i think it's just, it's hard to keep 
It's just harder to stay there for eight hours or seven hours in front of a computer compared to when you're, like you said, in real life, you can get up and do grab a taco and munch on something and grab something to drink. Now you could that you could do that in a Zoom meeting, but you can't really like stretch out and just like hang out and just kick back and or do whatever. It just seems a lot more uh, difficult to do it when you're all playing online. And I think uh, most people's sessions are really short are shorter than they usually are than when they're playing face to face. So in that context, if somebody's take going away for a, even a little while, uh, a half an hour, that's a that's a large chunk of time. So I think that the so do you agree with that one GM that said, well, if there's one player who's doing that, he's going to go on a side quest. I'm just going to tell him make a new character. <laughs> well, before I I did that. And I don't think I'd ever tell anybody you need to make a new character unless I didn't want them in my game anymore or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can see why they did it, though. Right. I mean, because, you know, the person wasn't in the game. He wanted to do his own thing. Right. And not only that, but he seemed to want to take up the time of the of the the people that are sitting there in the game. Right. The group of people. Well, of course. Yeah. So then it comes back to all of those things that we talk about. Right there's a social contract when you're playing a game that you're supposed to all be in the game. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that's social. That, that's supposed to be a game for everybody. And then maybe I think it would really make the GM step back and go, am I doing something wrong? Right. Is there something wrong with this game? And maybe you should have a discussion with your players to make sure everybody's still on the same page. Yeah, I think so. And so, and you don't even have to single that person out, right? I get, I think, I think at first I was thinking well, you should have a talk with that player. Well, you should probably have a talk with each individual player, but or a group discussion. I think if you talk to individual players, you'll get better answers than if you are not better answers. You'll get more honest answers than if everybody's <laughs> sitting around a table and you go, "Well, what's wrong with my game?" or something <laughs> like that. And I would I wouldn't suggest saying those particular words. I would suggest saying something like, you know, this is this is where we're going in this. Is everybody good with that? Or what do you think? How do you think this is unfolding? Right. I, I think uh, you're right. I think people who who ask for feedback, we, we should probably do. Well, I think we may do a discussion on that. But but feedback is tough because like when normally when you ask for feedback after a game, everybody goes, oh, yeah, it was good. Great, 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 great good game. And that's not the kind of feedback, you know, we're talking about constructive feedback and that's hard to get, you know, it depends on who you ask. Cause some people will tell you what they think. Yeah, that's true. But I think, I think it'd be easier when, if you're going to do something like that, ask people, you say, well, what did you like about the game and what didn't you like about the game? So th when people start off with a positive, they're more than willing to start off with a positive, right? You know, they, Oh yeah, I really like this. I really like this action or I really like this, this part of the mystery or whatever it was. And then go, and then go, and then and then I think they're more willing to tell you why what didn't work for them, right? Well, I thought this part dragged a bit. I think this scene was too long. I was kind of boring, you know. And so you're going, oh, okay, I understand. So I think that's a good way of doing it, you know. Having people write you, you know, an email afterwards, probably even though almost zero people write you an email, <laughs> or, you know, because you you could plead with them. Please tell me what game. Like I, not too long ago, I'm. I'm we were on rotating shifts for our Friday night games, and uh, and Augustine. Oh, they did. They did write you. All well, kinds okay, of you're right, but but it was only after somebody wrote me something that said, you know, the rest of you, please, you know, buck up. You know, so what happened was, 
you know, we're rotating GMs and my turn is, is coming up after my brother runs and everybody runs for three sessions, right? One of our other friends decided a three session limit was enough to run uh, an adventure, a one shot theoretically, which only should take one night, but we can't do it in one night. Uh, so, so I'm looking forward to when I run, which is a month away because we play almost every weekend. And so I'm like, well, I want, I'm trying to get to, I want to run a game that players want to play in, not just something that I want to play or run, you know, cause sometimes I can be dictatorial about games I want to play or GM. And some people may not want to like, Oh, that's kind of a boring game or a boring subject or, you know, whatever. If I want to run a World War II game and people are not really into World War II games, then I'm going to have a bunch of unhappy players or board players, which is just not going to be a good thing. So I put out the I put out the question. Hey, what? I wasn't even a specific game. I said, "What genre do you guys want to play in, and what kind of game do you guys want to play?" And the kind of game I'm talking about was like, "Is do you want it like epic? Do you want it uh, heroic? Do you want it a gritty game?" Now, I wasn't being genre specific. I want you know what elevated or what style of game do you want to play in? So I didn't really get a response for quite a while. No, it was a day or so, dude. Was it a whole day? A whole day. <laughs> Who responded to me? Mike. And then, or Jim, maybe Jim's responded to you first. No, I think it was Mike. So M- Mike responded, and then I think it was a little bit longer than that. But anyway, you know, I replied back to all. I go, oh, thanks, Mike. And that was, you know, really useful. And then, how about the rest of you? And so, and then I think I might have sent a couple emails like that. And then finally, other players started to, or two other players responded out of. Well, Augustine and I didn't respond because. We figure you're going to run whatever you want. <laughs> you know, which is silly because that's exactly what I'm trying not to do is run a game that I want that other people may not be interested in, right? And everything that they said was fine except for I don't understand Mike wants some kind of epic game going through genres, which I don't, I, I, I'm not sure what he wants, but it was a, it was an interesting idea. Anyway, yeah. So, so I, what I'm saying is, feedback is game is is game is is can be hard to get. Honest feedback can be hard to get. Well, yes, I asked everybody to write me what they wanted to do in in what they thought had happened so far in the game in the Mad Mage's uh, dungeon oh, yes. and what they want to find in a this, character in this a, dungeon. like a first person character. Uh, I just wanted to know description. Yeah, of what and I got is. I really got one. And then I got uh, a couple interesting ones from, you know, some of the other players. And then Saul wrote it out on a piece of paper for me and didn't put it where I where I wanted it because I couldn't, I can't keep everything together. Or no, no you no, made no. an email. I put it, I put it in a Google Doc. Oh, that's what he did. And then I, you wanted me to send it to, directly to Roll20 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But then he, he, didn't want, he didn't want everybody to, to see everything that he wrote. So well, that was some pertinent. Personal information about my character. So, <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get when you ask for feedback, and but I was just trying to do it to make sure that everybody was because I this is the first time I'd run a dungeon a dungeon crawl right. kind of thing, and I find it very difficult to inspire role playing when you're all walking down a hallway. <laughs> well, it's your first dungeon at all, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, because my I did it. I remember I I went and made a dungeon, but it was really a cavern dungeon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But there was actual role playing involved in that one. This one is more like you know find the monsters, take their stuff kind of thing. But I can't really do that, so I'm trying to add different things to it because it just it's boring me. So I'm like going, okay, I want to make sure everybody's not just bored because you know. Well, I think the group that you're playing running for they really love the tactical combat aspects of the game so as long as they have things to kill and tactically fight and make it difficult for them to to win or harder or do something interesting that they have to do stuff counter you with interesting maneuvers or interesting tactics that makes them happy Yes, that's what I've discovered. <laughs> so I'm the only one going, I'm not sure if this is if this is working for us. And they're like pretty happy about it for the most part, I guess. I've asked several times and I'm waiting for someone to give me some, some feedback that tells me, other than Augustine. Augustine says you need to make more monsters. Make them tougher. Make them harder. Yeah, well, we're not in the deeper part of the dungeon either. Yes. I think we're only on the second level. So that's, I mean, that if you take that example they're pretty happy about the about what they're doing they have there is a plot and all kinds of things but how would you know if they weren't happy i mean if especially when you're running for a bigger group you got to make sure that everybody gets their moment in the spotlight and i think that could be one of the things where this wayward player who wants to go off on their own maybe it has something to do more with um the GM's running style or the right. the style of the fact that, you know, you've been running this campaign for three or four sessions and not everybody gets a chance to do what they want. Or maybe you only have specialized things going on where certain people have to don't get the chance to to shine and they're the way that they do stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think I think what you're saying, too, is that if you have a talk with the player, you know, either in the group or individually and say, you know, I'm noticing that, you know, you don't want to really, you know, whatever this, the talk is basically saying you don't want to, you know, you're always going counter the group. You don't do you think they're not listening to you. They don't take your, you know, your input to heart and therefore you you get frustrated with them and you want to go on your own and tell them, you know, I cannot run two different games, one for you and one for everybody else because that's splitting up my time and it's not, it's not right. It's not fair to the people for four or five people or three people even to sit there for our hour or a half, half of a session with no matter how long it is, you know, waiting for you or listening and watching you do your thing while they're waiting and, and not playing and not doing anything. So I think that that's fair. I mean, that's a fair thing to say as a GM saying, I don't, want to do that you know i don't want to run a solo game for you and at the same time have people waiting for me to run their game so you say you know you know you go off for yourself either you make a new character or you find a reason to come back or you know you figure out what the situation is with that player i mean uh so the, you know so the things i said is still you know would probably be solved by that right the player's bored the player doesn't like the game and the player's not feeling doesn't is frustrated with his fellow players, uh, but you know sometimes there's those people though that are just I call them crap disturbers. Though that's not what I call them, right? So these those are people who just like pushing the GM's buttons. They push their the GM to 
to try to get them off their comfort zone and and they're just like you know poking the bear you know and and one of the ways you could do that is by going off on your own and doing your own thing i mean i remember years ago when i i, I first picked up numenera and i was like you know i wasn't really sure about the whole how it worked and one and i was saying okay this is the adventure it's a canned adventure it's a pre-written adventure and you know so it's going to be a little bit of a you know it's going to be railroady it'll be railroady i don't think i use that term but i, I go there's there's a certain path you need guys there's certain it's a to b it's a travel one right don't travel travel uh sessions are exactly that you know they're they're railroady and and i'm in the middle of the railroad and in the middle of this canned adventure the person goes well what's over there i mean like way far away and it, because i had the map out and i'm like oh they're called the fingers right or something like that and he and they're like well, and he convinced the rest of the group to go there problem was there was no adventure that way and i'm like man and this is after i specifically said this was you know a point a to point b type of adventure so i was stuck and i was like trying to you know to come up with things off the cusp or whatever off the cuff off the cuff and you know it was really pain in the ass you know but in this case he brought his whole group now it would have been different if he just went off by himself and, and, and let's say the other players go no we're gonna stay on this thing because we decided that we were gonna help this person go from point a to point b not abandon the person and go off and do whatever we want to do and so uh you know this guy had a lot of sway and so he was able to convince the whole group to go but if he had just gone by himself I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I would have, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, so but there's people out there who just like doing things to, to, and they, you know they come they come in all shapes and sizes and and they are just being a pain in the butt. And if there's if that's what it is, then you know you you hand them a new character and say here you know you know make a new character that's gonna stay with the rest of the group, or has a reason to stay with them, or has a you know or actually likes the group, and the group will like you. Do not make a unlikable character, because sometimes you get in that in that rut, right? I remember, I, <laughs> I remember I ran I ran when I first started playing Pathfinder at the uh, again because I had I had had uh, I had a uh, fallen out with my group, and then uh, Steve uh, decided that he wanted to play again, and so I go okay, Steve, but I'm not going to run the game. We, so I stopped playing Pathfinder and, or playing anything for a while, and Steve wanted me to start running the game. I'm like, okay, Steve. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna run the whole. Uh, I'm not gonna run all the time. I'm not gonna be the GM for the whole campaign. I'll start the campaign, but I'm not gonna run it. And he goes, okay, okay. And I'm not gonna make sure that everybody shows up. I'm not gonna email people. That'll be on you. Okay, okay, fine. So I I came up with this way of starting the game, and I was really happy with it, right? And the whole idea of, of the game was to find my character. That was I thought that was pretty ingenious myself. That I was, uh, that my my NPC, my character that I was gonna play in the adventure, in the in the campaign, that's who they were looking for. So I gave everybody. Everybody had ties to my character, even though they may not have known each other. Kind of the same thing I did with you guys to start the adventure for. So anyway, so long story short, uh, they finally met the character, and they didn't like him. <laughs> everybody hated them you know because because they had everybody had their own idea of how the character was in their own head because I, I only described him physically right and he was doing and he was a fixer right he was a 
you know, he got things for people and stuff. And so the, everybody thought, you know, everybody had his own idea of what he was like. And so when they finally met the character, they're like, oh, this is the guy we're looking for. <laughs> so, That's funny. They didn't like him. They didn't like him. Yeah. So they didn't like my character. So did you have to do a new character? No, I stuck it out for a little bit. But then, you know, the, because I wasn't the GM dad, it, it all fell apart. <laughs> But it was hilarious because I was like, you know, the whole point was that they would like this person. That was the whole reason why they were hunting for him, right? Because it was their friend. And then when they met him, the NPC, and I was playing the NPC, they were like, I mean, it was almost universal. Like, I don't know. It was a big group. It was like six people, seven people. And like five of them said, why are we looking for this guy? (laughs) Why do we want to find him? So I think, you know, what happens is, is that you need at the social contract needs to be sometimes it needs to be re you know iterated it needs to be announced every once in a while to make sure everybody knows what you know, you know we are uh, all playing in the same game today <laughs> can everybody please stay with the party yeah you know, yeah you know uh here's your thumbprint are you are you uh, legally signed up for since this you game? have showed up to this game you are agreeing to not go off on your own <laughs> You're supposed to be working together with your fellow players. You know, th- no, right. I mean, sometimes maybe you just gotta reiterate these uh, these self truths to me that are not quite not self evident today. Well, <laughs> there's people. that, and then I guess I guess it really comes down to player dynamic and GM dynamic, right? You need to make sure that your players are enjoying themselves and having fun because, right. after all, that's why you are there, right? Theoretically. You're not there to antagonize your players, <laughs> and you're not there as a player to antagonize the other people that you're playing with. So, because it's a role playing game, right? It's a yes. it's a time for friends to sit down and shed off this crazy world that we live in, and and jump into the real world of D and D or Call of Cthulhu, <laughs> and get you know have fun for a few hours where you're not thinking about whatever's going on outside of this right. particular bubble that you're in right now. So to right. do that, there's Saul's all into the social contract and zero sessions. And are the players, are you giving the players what they need and want? Are you making sure everybody's having a good time? Well, obviously if they, you have a wayward player and they're, they don't want to be with the group, then you probably want to figure out why. Right. And without, you know, causing too many issues with them maybe say you know and i know it's hard to talk to people about whatever right the but, tough issues yes but you, you probably I don't should. like my game <laughs> is there a is it is there a reason you don't want to play with all the other people that you're sitting at the table with yes i think you're right i think it's it is a it is a situation that happens every once in a while with friends you know and some people you know and maybe something's going on that you don't know about with them and they're just not in a mood and you know but it would be good to know it'd be good to know what's going on and i think sometimes being an adult is tough and making those kind of decisions or or making having those conversations is a little bit tougher than you want for a game uh but uh i think it's something that sometimes needs to happen and i think you know if somebody is not happy with the game you should say hey what's going on it seems like you're having a good time what's is it me is it me is that what is going on so i think uh that's what should happen Sometimes, like like I said, there's it could be any all sorts of reasons why your player is, or yeah, players being a little ornery, and I think. Uh, and it could be that in your description of what's going on, you accidentally put something in somebody's head that they should go that way. 
may mis misconstrue something you said. Right. You know, you never know what people will. Uh, what is it? Latch on to. Latch on to exactly, and so discuss different things where GMs just put something out there as a as a as a, as a descriptor a filler, yeah. right? And they go chase that lead down, and they're like you're like, oh, okay, they're they're really going to go kill that bear. Right, but if it's it's a little bit more difficult when only one person yeah. is gets super interested in one thing and then ch- tries to chase that lead that isn't really a lead is just something that you know that you just threw in or you might just throw some some detail off the cuff because you you know they asked you something and then they thought it was odd like another example from from the podcast I was into and this happened years ago I guess to them he was a vampire game and I'm not into vampire but. The, he would. Uh, he mentioned that there was this old lady who was celebrating her fiftieth year, or something like that, owning a bar right where they live on an island, like, like Catalina Island, or I don't know where they're living. But the vampires are taking over, and so the vampires go, "Well, she's been owning a bar for fifty years. Something's weird about that, right?" And then and he had just thrown it in there, right? And so they were like. Then they they break into her house, and so to make it interesting, he goes, "Well, if they really, because they really thought that she was up to something, right? That she was no mere mortal. She had to be a mage, and mages in vampire are like super like powerful, powerful. and vampires don't like anything that's more powerful than them. Well, not more powerful, but are in competition with their power level, right? So they, they definitely want to know what was up with her. So." So off the cuff, he's throwing information, you know, throwing stuff into the. So they they find a book, and so they steal it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they looked like a real interesting, like you know, a hand sewn book. But they were all like together, right? Yes, they were all together. So but, so, but but that's how side quests start and things like that, right? They're, and that became a huge blown quest, right? right. <laughs> and a major NPC, which yeah. was she. He was she was just like oh. She wasn't even named. <laughs> exactly. Not until the characters expressed a serious interest in that. So, yeah, you never know what people are going to be interested in. But as a just as just as a note, what I would think is I've, I read a bunch of stuff about this. And and one of the things that really caught my eye was that if if your players are are seem bored and stuff, switch stuff up, make it different. Or if somebody wants to go off, use trickery. Say the clue brings them back to where the party is, right? Uh-huh, or, yeah. you know, things like that. Do interesting things to try to keep everybody, you know, if you need them to be together, keep them together. You don't want one person off doing something totally different than everybody else. Right. Or maybe if he goes down, if he decides to go with somebody out of town, then all of a sudden make sure the other characters follow him or something, right? There's breadcrumbs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, other than the, the two extremes, right? It, not two extremes, but the I think talking to the person and figuring out what's going on is better than handing them a, 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 an empty character sheet and say, hey, make a new character because this is not going to work. So it's better to have that conversation. and uh, Yeah, handing them a new character sheet and saying this isn't going to work <laughs> might cause issues. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a real harsh way of doing it. I mean, and, and you're... And unless you've had that conversation and the player is still doing that, then, you know, then you have that, that harshness and, you know, or maybe that person's not a, a good fit for the rest of the party for whatever reason, or the, you know, the rest of the group of players. You know, so there's always some people that just don't mesh with the other players. I haven't really mess, met, met or come across too many people like that. 
like I said, one or two people who are just like, that's your playing style is to just cause trouble and uh, do crazy stuff. But other than that, for the most part, I think most people want to play together. So good luck if you have a player that wants to go off on their own. Hopefully we gave you some ideas of what to do. You probably have your own ideas on this too. So there you go. This is Game and Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.